0: as you were hearing this announcement. And the venue is BYOB. So if you want a drink, bring a drink. If you like a Diet Coke, bring a Diet Coke. And we're going to hang out afterwards. We can say hello to everybody. Hope to see you all there. See you there. And because,
1: you know, as they say, like men will say things with like absolutely no basis all the time. Just all the, you know, no facts, just vibes. And (laughs) women tend to feel safer, you know, doing double the work to then finally fucking say something. Yeah.
2: And then to say something like, I feel like maybe. Hello and welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Height the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host Rourke. Rourke, how are you doing? I have a good date to tell you about. Ooh, I'm excited.
1: I've not told you about this at all. No, coming in hot, right, right from the jump with a good date. I know. We're just jumping right in. Um, we have a second date this week, I'll tell you that. Oh, wow. I know. Okay, I just, there's a I'm, lot. I'm spoiling everything. Okay. No, so, this is great because I have
2: very little going on. Amazing.
1: Um, I mean, not amazing. I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk about me then.
2: <laughs> amazing. It could be all about
1: me. Keep going.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, we. Th- this is the person who I – Um, Oh, so because I – Okay, quickly. I did have a brief catch-up call with the ranger. Amazing. It was very brief because he got tied up during our scheduled call time and then I really didn't have a lot of free time much later. I had seven minutes in an Uber and so I called him in those seven minutes. We like hit the – I was like, how's your sister? How's this? How's Like whatever. It was very, very quick. But, like, lovely and immediately fell kind of, like, right back into how comfortable and, like, love, just lovely it is to talk to him. And who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But I am going to visit him, it looks like, in October. So let's see. Yes. I'm um, so excited.
2: Um, I went live before this recording mm-hmm. and got multiple questions about you and the Ranger. Oh, my God. Cute. That's thoughtful. Yeah. It was funny, though, because I was, like – I, like, said – I said, like, yeah, like, they, you know, whatever – and they're like, "Well, we already knew that." I'm like, "Okay, I'm not about to reveal things you don't know." Yeah, that's <laughs> about that would be wild. someone else. <laughs> like, the only information that you can get from me right now is information that has already been shared publicly. So I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> yeah. Also, there really isn't that much more to share. Um, except no, in the, this like, case, in this case, there
1: yeah. wasn't.
0: But yeah,
1: he's looking into their. You know, business school has is the fun grad school. So and, fun. Yeah. And so he's looking into their events calendar to figure
2: out what weekend is oh, best. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, that's basically business school is just like a string of parties.
1: Yeah, it was always annoying because the law school and the business school at USC were next to each other, and they would be like literally doing keg stands, and we would be crying. So, yep. Yeah. Checks, right. Checks out. Checks <laughs> out. Anyway, so okay, so I talked to him in the Uber on the way to this date. I obviously mm-hmm. I, I told him I was meeting a friend for a drink, and that's why I had to hop off. And because he does not need to know that I'm going on a date, even though whatever. No, he does not. Not yeah. necessary information for him. Yeah. This is going to sound really L.A. and obnoxious. It was just a really good energy. Uh, do you know was what, his, I mean, what was though? his aura like? What was his aura like? It was like a dusky rose. No, I'm kidding. I have no <laughs> idea. Okay. Um, it was just a good – it just felt good, if you know what I mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And I would not say – like, I would not say, like, sparks were flying. Like, it was so hot. You know, it's like it wasn't that. It was just the conversation flowed so easily to the point where – it never felt like one of us was interrupting the other, but each of us like st- were able to kind of thoughtfully step on the, what the end of the person was saying to like continue or follow up or ask a deeper yeah. question. It was just like such a good vibe. We went to this brewery downtown that has, um, cornhole and cause I, I have a, I have a thing about like cornhole championships in my, profile. And so I get asked to play cornhole a lot for early days. And totally fine. Love cornhole. And I also like it because when you play it with two people, you stand next to each other on one Mm. side. So it's like not a game that puts a lot of distance between you. Yeah, it's like shuffleboard that I did with the disco ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We orig- we just kind of wanted to like – talk. We, we, we went and sat right by where the cornhole is and both were sort of like, should we just like talk for a second first? Yeah. And yeah, so like just sat at a bar table, chatted, whatever. And while that happened, this group of Russian tourists like took over the whole field uh-huh. and were playing some deranged version of cornhole that involved – like I would – Compare it to if cornhole – like, if cornhole is beer pong, Civil War is this version of cornhole, where they were just, oh, like, wow. fucking lobbing.
2: <laughs> yeah. It was so,
1: psychotic. Yeah. But anyway, wow. we were like, um, can we work in? Like, I felt like we were interrupting, you know, to get rep counts in at the gym. But <laughs> we made our way out to the field and um, had, like – were very evenly matched, you know, just had – like, had a such a good time. And I also – so – other things that I really like—he's a little bit—he's older, which I like. Oh, I tend to date yeah. older. He has a career that is that gives me some pause because
2: of instability. I remember this person now. Oh, do you? Is he the is he the one that you did you? Is this not somebody that you've sent me a screenshot of? Yes, it is. It's the one that I yeah. said is cute. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He's real cute.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I mean. He, we can call we can call him the screenwriter, I guess. Um, Yeah, or we can call him the writer. Um, That's it's what the classmate did, and I guess does, and (sighs) most likely still, yeah. um, Presumably, he's still working, and um, it's. I mean, anything. So, just to be to to be totally clear. Everything in, quote unquote, the industry in L.A. gives me a little bit of pause Um, because it's so nonlinear. It is so high risk. It takes a different type of person. Like anything creative to me is terrifying, to be clear. Mm. Like that doesn't – I respect the hell out of it and I actually am very – I find myself very attracted to it. And yet it like makes me nervous. And I like that he – he's he's a little entrenched in a good way um like there are kind of like markers like he you know he's not like jud apatow like whatever obviously but um he's like ha- he there's there are markers to tell if somebody kind of is like still like striving for their Uh first thing or has like kind of attached themselves to a good situation and he's in a good situation and that makes me feel like pretty comfortable because of his age I do like I also you know people write us a lot asking like how do you know you want a second date like one of the reasons I definitely knew I wanted a second date is because I have like a lot more that I want to talk to him about. I'm like Love very that. excited to like continue our conversation. We also really appreciate. So he asked me when I was available. I said I was going to Dallas, and so like my I was like I could do Wednesday after this recruiting dinner for work that I have, mm-hmm. and oh because th- so we both live in Santa Monica, and yeah. um. When he suggested Cornhole, he was like, well, I know this brewery down – this it's called Angel City Brewery. I know this brewery downtown has it, but that's like pretty inconvenient. And, I, and so I said back, I will be downtown for this recruiting dinner on Wednesday. If that is like wildly inconvenient for you and you don't want to make that drive, totally fine. But like I will yeah. be there and could be there for a date on Wednesday night. And he was like, done. No problem. So first of all, like made it so easy for me. And then I had left my car in my – company's parking garage and he like drove me from the bar back to the parking garage. He was like, don't Uber. That's like just very, like so nice. Um, Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So like just good, good times. Good vibes. Yeah. I'm excited. That's great. So have you talked to him since? Yeah. 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 Cause we organized. Cause he, he tech, you know, he was like, did you get to Dallas? Have fun at the podcast with your parents. Um, and then, My, I reached out to, so he had been very clear that he like wanted to go out again. Mm -hmm. And, um, my week filled up literally except for one day. And so I was like, I got, I gotta let him know that. Like I I didn't want to like play the game of Mm -mm. letting the night disappear. Um, and so I said like, Hey, my week is filling up any chance you can do Tuesday. And he was like, yeah, actually I can. Like, I would, yes, please. Like, give me Tuesday. I was like, great. Amazing. So Mm -hmm. what are you going
2: to do on Tuesday? Tomorrow.
1: Yeah. We're going to, um, we are going to the wine bar that I ran into the guy that That takes all his
2: dates to the wine door. But he takes all his dates there. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Doesn't date much, but when he does, it is at that wine bar. Yes. Fun, fun. That's exciting. Yeah. I feel good about it. Amazing.
1: Um, but wait, okay. Last time, last time we spoke, not definitely not true. Not the last time we spoke. Last time I reviewed a podcast time, that we recorded. Last time together. we spoke publicly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you
2: had two first dates scheduled. What happened? Yes. So well, they haven't happened yet. Okay. Yeah, because we the last time we but spoke our, on the, the books? books. Yes. So the okay. last time we spoke was right before I went to Austin. Yes. And so the first days were scheduled for when I get back. So they were originally supposed to be this Wednesday and Thursday. The Wednesday guy texted me a little bit ago asking if we can reschedule the Wednesday net day. Um, which I actually want to throw this poll out to the listeners now. As we say, let's let's get into this. Yeah, I want to throw this poll out to the listeners. Okay, so and I've already asked you this, but I'll ask you again. So it is Sunday. And I I, I got to put dates on this because it'll just make it just like makes it easier. Mm-hmm. So like let's say let me pull up a, let me pull up a calendar so I can use like real calendar dates. Okay, it is Sunday, August fourteenth. Okay, I'm there. Or actually, I'm gonna go back in time. I'm gonna do the actual dates that this happened on. This is chaotic. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> it is Sunday, August seventh. I just got a work ping at nine fifteen. What are you doing? Go home. Go or you are home. Stop. Go to bed. Me. Go to Take bed or go to sleep. do something else. Do something else. Okay, it is Sunday, August seventh. Get a podcast. You are. <laughs> it is Sunday, August seventh. You are deciding on a date with someone. They say I'm free next Wednesday. You say, "Great, let's do it next Wednesday." It is. What date are you going out on? August seventeenth, right? I had to not. Think. <laughs> so the Wednesday that is like the following week, not the Wednesday that's in three days. Why? Anyway. What? Ten days away. Ten days away, not three days away. Correct. Okay. Interestingly enough, when I sent this to Big Woo's group chat, two of the people said, "The one in three days." Oh fuck! Yeah. So apparently it's not as black and white as you and I thought it was, but we'll see what the listeners think. Calendars start on a Sunday. Uh, Yeah. Next, because, okay, this is what I said to my friends who said that it was the one in three days. If the one in three days is next Wednesday, which Wednesday is this Wednesday? Great question. What did they say to that? They said, yeah, you're right, but like literally the next Wednesday that's happening is the one in three days oof which is also true sure yeah but that's like that's
1: really a strained construction of next where i would say next in the context of time does not mean
2: the most upcoming wednesday <laughs> i agree i totally agree i'm very curious what the like mass public thinks about this yeah um but regardless I thought it was August 17th, which would be in two days from right now, but not two days from when we had this conversation. So I thought we were confirmed, whatever. August 10th, three days later, rolls around and I get a text saying, hey, are we still on for tonight? No. No, we are not. I am en route to the airport. Ironically, you could have gone on a date that night. I could have gone on a date. I did not go to Austin that night. I did go to the airport to get on a plane, though um but i didn't leave (laughs) anyway so he totally understood when i said like oh i when i said next wednesday i meant next wednesday (laughs) but i was like when i said next wednesday i meant like a week from now yeah august august 17th like does that work for you and he was like oh actually he's like no problem actually it does like let's do that but he texted me just a little bit ago and said that he actually has a conflict oh no so we're gonna reschedule um but I also have a date on Thursday. Fantastic. Yeah. So both dating up guys. So exciting about that. Um, but yeah, I just got back from Austin yesterday and I am fully exhausted. I bet. It was very fun. It was very fun. It was a bachelorette party and I also- That was a jam-packed to- itinerary. Yes. I was supposed to fly out on Wednesday night. As discussed, I did not fly out, but I did go to the airport, get on a plane and think I was leaving. <laughs> And instead came back home without my bag, got home at like midnight, 1230-ish on Wednesday night, and the available flight to go back out to Austin was at 6 a.m. So I had a 4 a.m. wake-up call to do that. Yeah. Those are honestly my preferred flights. I hate those flights, but oh. I mean, I if I'd been doing that, I wouldn't. I just wouldn't have gone to the airport. Like going to the airport the night before, oh, sure, for sure, yeah. But then they also they wouldn't give me my bag back. Yeah, that that's. I'm actually surprised you checked. Typically, I wouldn't have. I had like a bunch of stuff to bring. It was a bachelor party, and I sure, like, sure, sure. I also just wasn't. I wasn't entirely sure of what we were going to be doing, and what I was going to want to have with me. So I just kind of like aired on overpacking versus underpacking. The mistake that I'm which I I do often, but the mistake that I made that I never do and I just did this one time, I didn't have a single personal item with me in my backpack, uh, not a single one. Oh no. The only things I had in my backpack were a couple like some like bachelorette party favor type stuff and my like laptop and podcasting equipment. High utility items, high utility items. I mean, at least I had my stuff to work. And record True. the pod. But yeah. like, I would never check my, oh my God, the pit that I just got at the idea of checking a work laptop. Oh, good. Yeah, obviously not. I would never <gasps> check a laptop. I would never check a laptop. But like my mic, I could have checked my mic, whatever. Yeah. So, so I went back to Austin at 6 a.m. Um, and didn't have any stuff until very, very late that day. So, did like you repack night, your backpack? No. Okay. Because I was told, it's like, that, okay. would really, that would have been really really smart because I did go back home where I could have obtained more things. And now that you're saying that, I should have. Um, so you were probably
1: like on another plane mentally, I, I not was. physically, obviously. So, Literally, yeah.
2: you said that and I was like, well, yeah, that would have been the right thing to do when you went back to your I'm apartment sorry. where everything you own is. I'm sorry. I did not mean to rub it in like that. Wow! Yeah, it didn't even occur to me it, it, until right now. I know you like stared at me for a couple seconds there. I was like, <laughs> "Is this a crazy idea?" Like, no, it's not. But no, I didn't do that. I just left my backpack fully intact by the door. Got into bed in the clothes. Like I like took I off understand. the clothes that I was wearing. Got into bed. Put those clothes back on when I got out of bed. Picked up the backpack and left. <laughs> It was a dire situation. It really was. And also I was told that my bag was going to get on a plane that same morning. Yeah. And it didn't. Um, So I didn't get my bag until – it didn't come until after we had come back from the bars that night. So I wore the same clothes all day and then wore Ashley's clothes and Ashley's makeup out. Wow. So luckily Ashley is my height. And yeah. my shoe size, that would she have been is a real disaster. Not your skin tone. She is not my skin tone. <laughs> uh, so, like, obviously, I had her pick up like a Maybelline concealer on her way home from work. Yeah. And then like I borrowed like blushes, mascara, sure. like whatever, yeah, like yeah. all that stuff. I made it work. It was fine. Um, and then so we had a great time. We went out to drinks, dinner. My friend Audrey, who is pregnant, came to meet us. Um, and I hadn't seen her since she was not as pregnant. So that was like really fun to see her belly. So cute. Um, she looks great. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then we went out dancing, and we got so many stares, which was yeah. amazing. She's yeah, like tearing I, up the dance floor. I think I said this on Patreon. It gives very knocked up vibes. Yes. Yeah. In like the in like the best way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we just had the greatest time, the three of us. Um, and somehow I made it until like almost one a.m. Good for you. And then got up to record our Patreon at eight a.m. the next day. And then started the bachelorette party. How was the float? The float was very fun. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, no, Nobody broke a toe. Thank God. Um, there was only one like fight for my life type of moment. And I was the only one who experienced it. Okay. That's good. That's great. I'm glad. Yeah. I am so sore from that moment though because I – so let me set the stage for you here. So I was the one who was attached to the cooler float. That's a tough like, job, yeah, we all tied on to it. Oh, so we were given explicit instructions not to tie more than like two people together. Oh,
1: yeah, they told us that, and then they were like, that's like we have to legally say this, like but you know, legally, this is a joke. do it like definitely tie together. oh,
2: yeah, we they did not say that last part, so we were told <laughs> like not to do that. So we like kept getting separated until eventually we like figured out how to best do it. Yeah. We still did not all tie together. But I think it actually saved us from some of the, like, toe-breaking incidents, though. Good job. Because, like, because we weren't all tied together, it was easier to maneuver the rapids and stuff. That's probably true. Yeah. But this one part. So there was – the river was pretty low because it hasn't rained in a long time there. And so there was this one part where there was this big log that was, like, sticking out all the way almost to the middle of the river. And the log was, like – not quite touching the surface of the water until the middle of the river. And so you had to go like, you had to choose which direction you were going to go, like left or right around this log. And our group just kind of got like suctioned off to the left. And on the left side, you had to go under the log. So everyone's like limboing under this log. And I realize, I'm in the back of our group. I realize as I approach the log that the cooler is not going to make it. Uh-oh. So I then had to get out of my tube And the water was almost to my chin at this point and drag my tube and the cooler upstream a while to the beginning of the log, throw my leg over the log so that I was straddling this log and then pull the cooler over the log out of the water and over the log onto the other side. That is absolutely insane. It was wild. And my group was like – they couldn't really help me because they like didn't realize what was happening until they were too far they were too down. far, Yeah. So they just like pulled over to wait for me and they were all just like mouths hanging open watching me like fight to keep this cooler from like fully losing it. And it was at the beginning too so it was very heavy. It was still very full. Right. I mean this is the person you need on a float trip. Yeah. Yeah. So – that was how I started. Um, but it was really fun. We ended up meeting this bachelor party who also kind of got separated in their group. And so like two guys joined our party. Cute. And all, of the, all the girls were like matchmaking for me and trying to figure out like who was single. Love it. There's only two – there were 18 girls, women, on this bachelorette party. And only two of us were single. Oh, okay. Wait. 18 people is also a lot to
1: tie together. I forget that.
2: Yes. So, yes. That would okay. Be, that we would only had like – Seven. <laughs> yeah. There would have been yeah, it would have been too many. We ended up tying up in groups of like three or four. Okay. Um so there were 18 of us, only two of us were single. And so they were like trying to figure out like who of these guys is single, whatever. Like I started talking to this one guy, and like it was just very fun. And we just like floated the river with these guys. They were super nice. Amazing. Um, we kind of tried a little bit to meet up with them that night, it didn't end up working out. Um, but we had a great time. Fabulous. Love to hear it. Yeah. yeah. Very fun, um, and I didn't know. I only knew four or five, like well, people that were going there, mm-hmm. and I hadn't met at least half of them. Ever. Oh wow! Um, and everybody was awesome. We had such a fun time. Um, a few of them might be listening now because everybody wanted to know about the podcast. That's great. Um, and it was just really great. Like it was, there were no issues, like you know, interpersonality issues. Like with that many people, you just never know. Yeah. Um. And it was just awesome. Everybody just – everybody was – it was a very chill group. Like there were a couple like schedule hiccups where we like had to kind of like pivot the plans and everybody was very go with the flow and it it was just really great. Yeah. That's
1: nice. That's really nice. Yeah. That's why like I like a plan that has some flexibility in it. Totally. A couple fixed yeah. points and then the rest is sort of like
2: eh. Exactly. Like we had the float, obviously was a fixed thing. And then we had a hibachi dinner come to the house. Awesome. So cool. It was also a great idea because of how many people we had. Like I'm just imagining trying to find a reservation for 18 people. We didn't even try to do it for eight. So yeah. yeah. So and it was super fun. The guy was hilarious. He had a super soaker full of sake that he was like shooting into people's mouths. Dead. It was really fun. Um, yeah, we just had a great time. Awesome.
1: I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah,
2: um, I do have a phone throwing moment before we move on. <gasps> okay, go on. So I haven't shared this with you. Yeah, no, I, I know. I'm excited. So on the pod, um, I think I've mentioned my new Bumble opener that I've been using, the "Mary Fuck Kill Your Bumble Interests" edition. Yes. So that video went like surprisingly viral on TikTok. Oh, it has like yeah, it has like half a million views. Fuck yeah. Yeah, which I didn't really expect. But like – so that's happened with a with a dating app suggestion of mine in the past and it like reaches a point where the odds that somebody has had somebody else say that to them start getting higher and higher. Right. I'm actually surprised nobody has said anything to me about big question for you. Yeah, no one said that. No one said anything to me about that specifically either, which I – which also agreed surprises me. So I said, hey, blank, big question for you. He says, okay, marry, fuck, kill, volleyball, cooking, exploring new cities. Shut up. So he literally just replied with what what I was going to say to him.
1: Wait a second.
2: Do you have more
1: than just those three in your profile?
2: Yes, but those were the first three.
1: Okay. Okay. Those are the first three. Because those are the exact three that you say on the podcast too. Yes, but those are the first three. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. That's so funny.
2: Yeah. So then – so now there's like – there's two possibilities here. One is that somebody else has said this to him. Yes. Two is that he saw the video and knows that it's like me. Correct. So I leaned more into two. Like one I, – I I don't know which one it is, but I leaned more into two. So I responded and I said, Mary, you for turning that around on me. Fuck all my interests because they're the best kill your fyp algorithm for blowing up my spot.
1: Oh, I like it.
2: That was bold. Thank you. Dude, um, it, he did. It didn't end up going anywhere. He like oh. he liked the response and we went back and forth a couple times, but like I tried to revive the conversation and it again reached a dead end. Yeah. So it, it's fine, but that is the downfall of sharing things that I am actually doing on dating apps. Yeah. Definitely. So, alas. Indeed. But I got that and was like, oh, no. That's
1: amazing.
2: <laughs> I love that. Um, Anywho. I like that his, in theory, that his FYP is bringing him to dating advice. Uh, agreed. But it okay. also it also very well could have been that he had seen, that somebody else had asked him that. Oh, for sure, for sure. But yeah. in theory. But in theory. We'll never know. Should we do our poll? Poll talk? Yes. Okay. Last week we talked about our difference of opinion on whether or not somebody should always follow up after a date, even if you didn't say anything, if they don't want a second one. Yes. And we decided to pull the listeners. Yeah. So, do, have you seen what they said? Like, have did you check on it more recently? No. Or do you want to guess? I can guess. Yeah,
1: guess. guess. Um, I'm just going to – so it's funny. Like, obviously I want it to be like 80-20. But um, I'm also going to temper it, though, just on the feeling that – like, I have a feeling people who follow you might
2: lean towards you. Oh, I have the opposite feeling. I had the oh, opposite really? feeling going in. Oh, Yeah, interesting. because – People that follow me and listen to us are more likely to follow up with someone if they had a good time. Like they're like right. you. In oh, f- the scenario fair, fair enough.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Where they're oh, like,
2: this is what I thought going in. This isn't related yeah. to the answer, but like what I thought going in was that more people would agree with you because, like you, if I have a good time and, and me, if I have a good time, I'm going to say something. So if I haven't said anything, it's because I don't want to go out either. Right. And so I would prefer you not say anything correct and like to be clear i that that's still like a fine scenario to me too even though i think you i think you know i think what i think we said before yeah but anyway so going in i thought more people were going to agree with you because even though it sent me into a visceral rage um <laughs> so i thought that because i feel like the people who follow me and listen to us are like take initiative type people like we are yeah
1: Okay. So I'm going to – my final answer is going to be 60% no, leave it.
2: 40%, I would like them to say something. So before the episode aired, it was a pretty much a dead split. Mm-hmm. 48 yes, tell me. 52 no, leave it alone. Very close. And it was close like the whole time, like from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and then I had people like elaborate and it was a lot of what we said – on the pod, like what you said for your rationale and what I said for my rationale. Yeah. Um, And then we posted the poll again of people that have listened to the pod. This I find really interesting. Fewer people – so I specifically said in the poll today, only answer this poll if you've listened to the pod. Uh-huh. And so fewer people answered, like sure. by, by a lot. Yeah. There are a lot of people who answered the first poll that don't listen to the pod. Of course. Most, yeah. like, most likely. Just based on my Statistically, that makes perfect people. sense. Yeah. But the people who answered the poll were told to only answer if they listened today. And it now skews the other w- – well, it, st- it still skews no, but it's more skewed. It's 40 yes and 60 – well, not quite. It's 42 yes and 58 no. Okay. At, at time of recording. I would like to tell my job about this advocacy. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> but I th- I think that there's a piece of it, and, I, I, and th- I think this because of the DMs that I get, I think there's a listener bias piece of this. Fair. Of the types of people that are listening to the pod and replying. Yes. I totally agree. I totally see that. Um, and most of the people – So today I invited people to DM me instead of doing another question box and just said like, if you have more thoughts, send me a DM. And most of them were like, I agree with Rourke because I also would have said something if I didn't have a good time. Or if I – excuse me, if if I, wanted, had, yeah. if I wanted to see him again. Interestingly, a bunch of people said – that most of their friends would disagree with them but most of their friends don't take this kind of advice oh very interesting so like very they're not they're not seeing this poll like the people who like follow the you know men should do all the pursuing type of advice yeah like they're not here cuz we don't advocate for that yeah so True. but those people would probably be in my camp which like a little bit weird that I'm in a camp with those people, but like <laughs> – but more so I just think that like everybody should just say how they're feeling. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: And when we but, say say how you're feeling, we don't mean to be like, by the way, I really liked you. Like just, just like fucking say yes. something. Like I – like the guy asking me if I got to Dallas okay. Like that's a normal fucking thing to say, but Absolutely. obviously expresses interest. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Anyway.
2: Um, Anyways. So yeah, interesting, interesting poll. And I will I be like posting that. another one. Now we will just dis- now next week we will discuss whether next Wednesday is next Wednesday or not.
1: <laughs> and we're in agreement <laughs> on this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, amazing. I like it. I like this new yeah. settle our debates for us.
2: Yeah. Um, so this week's sponsor is actually extremely well-timed for well, recording today.
1: Yet again. Yeah. It's weird. We always have a weird Something in our lives that is related to fertility when we do our modern fertility
2: ads. I know. So, did I tell you that what I was doing before this recording is that? Do you know what I say? Yeah, yeah, you were recording with Alana about your egg freezing. Okay, I I was like, did I tell her this? Yes. Yes. (laughs) So I just I just literally hung up with Alana Dunn, who hosts Seeing Other People, an of an episode all about egg freezing. And today we have Modern Fertility back as a sponsor of the pod. Amazing, perfect timing.
1: They couldn't perfect have planned timing. It Seriously, uh, it's like you show up with a friend, like dressed the same, and you did not plan it.
2: Yeah, exactly. You're like same outfit. Um, so, modern fertility is an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home. It's a single finger prick. You mail it in with a prepaid label. You get your personalized results within ten days. It's so so easy,
1: and you'll get really valuable information that typically costs over $1,000. And it gets you the same info for a fraction of the price. And I think that this stuff is not – what's what's key to me about Modern Fertility is that this stuff is not included in your well woman visit, in your yearly yeah. physical, stuff like that. This is often specialized testing that goes above and
2: beyond, but it's really stuff that you absolutely should have access to. Yes. It's wild to me that we don't just by default learn about our fertility. Yeah. So right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash FMH.
1: And that means that your test will cost $179 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. And so to get your $20 off your fertility test, just go to modernfertility.com slash FMH. That is modernfertility.com slash FMH.
2: And thanks, Modern Fertility, for sponsoring the pod. So I've been talking a bunch about how I'm trying to order in less, and part of that is that I'm cooking at home more, but when I don't have time to cook, which is more often than not, I have really still been loving factors meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes.
0: Yeah, and they have so many options too. Every week, their menu, they have 35 options that you can pick from, so you can find whatever it is that you're looking for.
2: code FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off
0: your next box. That's code FMH50 at factormeals.com slash FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Topic time. I
2: am excited to get back into this career stuff. Yes. And I feel like the response was really positive. Overwhelmingly positive. In fact, one hundred percent positive. But like in a in an overwhelming way relative to a lot of the other episodes we've done, I think just because it was so different. Mm -hmm. And I know I was a little bit nervous for us to do something totally different. Mm -hmm. And I'm so excited that it was received so well. Yeah, me too.
1: Um, I got a text from a friend that was like, "I loved that detour. I feel like I got,
2: I I feel like I learned something incredible. Love that." So we got so many questions. Obviously, we couldn't fit them all into one episode. And we have even more questions now to chat about. I kind of want to start with a topic that we really didn't get to touch on last time, which is managing people.
1: Yeah, that's perfect. I. Um, it's funny. I We had not released our career episode and I happened to do like a little Instagram AMA, whatever that Friday. And I yeah. weirdly got several career questions. And so I, I DM'd them back. I was like, can I save these? And they're like, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so yeah. Amazing. That, and that is something that came up on um, one of those. And somebody was saying that they are moving into a manager role. And they wanted to know from us what are some things that we really liked about. Various managers, and we can certainly talk about like yet, like do's and don'ts. We can go both ways, right? And just things that she might be able to take into this
2: new role. Yeah. I think the best piece of advice that I ever got about being a manager, and it's something that I've liked a lot about managers that I've had in the past, is who understand this, not everybody wants to be managed the way that you do. Mm, that's a great point. Not everybody takes feedback the way that you do. Not everybody wants feedback in the way that you do. Not everybody likes to be managed the same way in terms of like the number of check-ins or the way that you go over work with them. The list goes on and on. It's actually very similar to love languages. When we talk about how not everybody gives and receives love in the same way, it's the same shit.
1: It totally is. I'm just happened to be cracking up because what if, like, this is-
2: What if you wanted to receive feedback via physical touch? Yep.
1: (laughs) That is a, that is a, that is a, uh, that's a, that's a claim and we should not- (laughs) No, crime. Yes. Yes.
2: Crime. Do not ask for it. Do not give it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Great. If you, if you take anything away from today, let it be that. Um, Yeah. But it's similar in the sense that, like, the way that one person- Best receives praise, for example. Totally. Or, you know, best receives feedback or criticism, you know, that kind of thing is different. And so I have always really appreciated managers who, when I am first onboarding with them, whether I'm new at the company or just new to their team, that they have a specific conversation about each of our expectations in our manager employee relationship. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's all. It's so funny. Like in my in my job, that's all like word of mouth. Like none of that is formalized.
2: Mm. There, there have actually been. I've never worked with somebody who's done this, but I have read about people who have like user guides for themselves. Oh, how interesting! Yeah, I've read about it for like some CEOs do this. I actually am in talks with a. A woman that I met recently, who's amazing and working in the dating space about potentially partnering, and she does something similar that I think is really cool, where it's like a a manual that you send someone that says like here are the best here are my ways of working, here are the best ways of working with me, this is what's going to achieve an optimal relationship, mm-hmm. and so that could include things like, you know, I don't take calls after six. Or like, I will never email you on the weekends. Or, you know, if you have a piece of feedback for me, I would love for it to be a phone call. Mm-hmm. Like it could be, you know, those, and a, a manual is a, obviously an extreme version of this, but those are the types of things you can have a conversation about. Yeah.
1: Those are great kind of like town hall meeting, relationship town, corporate relationship town hall meeting.
2: Yes. Yes, exactly. And another thing that I think it's important to remember is that you might not know – Somebody might not have the language to tell you how to best manage them. Mm -hmm. So that might be a trial and error thing. And you might have to kind of like learn that as you go while asking a lot of questions.
1: Yeah. I think in terms of sort of more micro advice, something that I find incredibly valuable and something I just really appreciate are managers that don't make me feel more stressed and the, a huge way to do that is communicate what the deadline is in the email. Good Lord, yes. Because I certainly work for some people who every single thing, every single email reads as urgent and do it right now. Yeah. And then when I follow up and say, you know, I'm working on these other two projects, when do you need this one? It's like, oh, you know, end of week is fine. Uh, okay. I would have loved to know that. And – because also, you know, my friend and I were just – my friend, um, she used to work at a big four accounting firm. She was saying one of her pet peeves was some – a partner would send out something on a Friday with an ask and they wouldn't review it until Tuesday. But the younger – but the younger associates like always felt like they obviously had to do it on the Friday – or over the weekend. And so, yeah. you know, if you're asking something on a Friday, say like the I like I love the partners who say I am emailing you this because it popped into my head right now. Don't do this until Monday. Yeah, you know, like that I think showing like a respect for people's time is really nice. And then also, I personally as somebody who like I don't manage people, I I'm not going to manage people for another probably two-ish years or, oh, one year now. I've been at my job for a year. Crazy. Yeah. And so I'm just currently like the recipient of management skills. (laughs) And something that I also really like is I would rather have like a clogged email box than feel out of the loop later when I'm asked to do something. Yeah. Because like I'll have people ask me to do something. They'll be like, oh, can you do X? And I'm like, what are you referring to? And I have no idea. And it's because I was left off. And of course, there are certain like higher level conversations that I should not be a part of as a lower level employee. But I would say like one, um, I was on a matter that had like, was that was like very busy and that partner set up like an automatic forwarding system. Mm. And so there were certain things that like everybody got no matter what. And so we were always in the loop about certain stuff. And I don't think that's like a blanket rule to have, but... I personally prefer like over communication.
2: Yeah, I I really like the advice of giving a deadline or saying if there isn't one or if it's not, you know, because there's the flip side of everything sounding urgent is I have also worked for people who always phrase things like when you get a chance, can you? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Where everything it's the, it's the opposite, where everything sounds like not a big deal. Mhm. But then they'll follow up in a few hours and say, "Hey, what's the ETA on this thing?" And you're like, "Oh, well, when you said well, I, when I you get a chance, I haven't <laughs> had a chance. I didn't make, I didn't, I didn't make a chance. Right. Because you said, whenever I have one. Yeah. I could have made time for a chance. Totally. If I knew that I needed to. That's really funny. Um, And so I think the, so, this advice I think can be used on the flip side too as somebody who, as an employee, advice for managing up is don't be afraid to ask for a deadline. Mm hmm. Like you said, you know, replying to an email and saying like, I'm working on these two other things, you know, is this urgent or when do you need this by or when were you hoping to have this by yeah. so that you're, you know, flagging your current workload, which for you is especially important because you're working on things that would that are like totally unrelated to that person potentially.
1: Yes. My managers
2: have no idea what I'm doing for the other manager. Yeah. But even in a case where that's not true, like even for somebody who's my direct report, they are working on things I don't know about all the time Mm -hmm. Um, for things that I eventually will know about. Yeah. But I just don't know that they're currently working on them. Um, And so so I love when I ask for something and they'll say like, absolutely, I can work on that. Here's what I had planned on doing today. You know, do you need it today? If you do, I can deprioritize something. Yep. Yeah. And like that gives me the opportunity to say like, I actually do need it today. Can this thing move? And like usually because of the situation that I'm in where I, they don't have other managers, I can help them deprioritize. Yeah. But that's something that your manager won't know you need help with unless you ask. Totally. Very good. Um, and so, yeah, I think managing, managing up is just as much of a skill as managing down. Yeah. And harder actually I think. Yeah, I was like, going to say I'm not great at it. It's I'm hard. Just like,
1: okay, yes, whatever.
2: <laughs> it's really hard. And it's also hard to to like do it in a way that doesn't seem like you're just being like, no. Right, totally. Like, you know? Mm, your task I'm gonna blow off. Right. Like I'm doing these other tasks that are way more important than your task. Like it it's yeah. tough, especially if you don't have a great relationship with your manager. Yeah. There's something else that I wanted to say about like managing people. Oh. We mentioned this last week, but I want to talk about it a little bit more. Okay. Feedback. Mm, mm-hmm. So I talked about or mentioned earlier about how not everybody likes to receive feedback in the same way. So I do think it's important to talk to people about when and how they prefer to receive feedback. Some people like to hear it in the moment, like as things are happening. Other people find that overwhelming mm-hmm. and they want to have separate conversations. Either way, though, once you've established that, it is so important to have feedback on a regular regular enough cadence that somebody can make adjustments in real time before it's quote unquote too late and they're getting reviewed on that thing. I think you said that. I did, but I want to like oh. reiterate it because I because I think that part is important, but I think the other piece of it is like asking for that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I think it's really easy to just be in a job and no one's really saying anything to you about how you're doing and you think everything's great and then you get to your review and you get this bomb dropped on you and that's not your fault, but you can help prevent that situation by asking your manager to say, hey, can we do a monthly check-in about my progress or maybe monthly is too much for you. It doesn't matter. Whatever your timing makes sense, but ask for that regular cadence if you're not getting it naturally. Yeah, is another way of managing
1: up. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. This this next. Well, I was gonna say this question is in kind of unrelated, but um somebody asked how they can take intentional steps in their career. They feel like they're stumbling along.
2: Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I'm a big fan of like mapping out what I want growth to look like. And I think you can do that in a way that like we talked last time about finding a mentor who is doing what you would want to be doing. Mm -hmm. Or if you see your boss and you realize that they're not doing something you want to be doing, figure out who is. And then try to sort of – Ingratiate yourself sounds a little bit like nefarious, but like talk to that person that is doing the thing that you want to do to then figure out what those intentional steps could look like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And if I'll tell like a little story about my friend Anna. She she got the job out of out of college, she got the job she like always thought she wanted. And she was a um She did the whole thing that you hear about at talent agencies where you, like, start in the mailroom and then, you know, work a desk and whatever. And the point of that is always then to transition. Very few people who start in the mailroom become agents. And it's not because only one person is selected. It's because most people use it as a stepping stone. Sure. To go to production, like whatever. you And she what liked scripted television. And so she went from the agency to a um, scripted television production company, like a showrunner type person. Mm-hmm. And so what you typically do then is like you shadow the showrunner for a while and then you get into the room and whatever, whatever. It's a whole fucking thing. So she does that transition. She gets to this showrunner in this company and it's awful. She... Oh. hates it and also the level of stress is actually causing her she got like pancreatitis because she was under so much stress oh my god uh, yeah she and she she said she like kind of grappled with the, she believes like she's anxious and she was like i just think my anxiety kind of precluded that career <laughs> i i don't think that i could do it and yeah. um and she said it was very hard for her to sort of change that conception of herself. And she had kind of this extreme quick reaction and put herself in grad school for history and was like, I'll be a teacher. Oh, didn't like terrible decision. (laughs) And she and I talked about, because so I shared last time how I did that year doing research to like, figure out what grad school I wanted to do and whatnot. And she was saying to me, how she really wishes she had taken some time to think about like what she actually wanted to do. She ended up using it because so she's now a, all of the, you know, it's call this bullshit if you want, but like everything happens for a reason, you know, whatever. (laughs) But she now is a historical fiction novelist. And so like the writing piece, the history, you know, it all kind of fucking comes together. Right. But yeah. So it all worked out you know, she was like, that was an expensive mistake to do a year of a grad school that I bailed on. Yeah. And so I do think allowing time for reflection is important. Mm -hmm. And don't take something just because it's offered to you or because anybody else is doing it.
2: Yeah. And I think Similarly, don't stay in something just because you think it's too soon to leave or, you know, you're worried about what the perception might be of being somebody who left a job quickly. Yeah. Exactly. The longer you're at the job that you don't want to be doing, the longer you're not doing the job you want to do. Yes. And you cannot get that back. No. And, like –
1: There's certainly a limit, I think, to – Like, you don't want to be the person whose resume is jumping – like.
2: Industries come from year to year. Yeah, like 10 different companies or something like that. But I think that that stigma, that is extreme. But I think the stigma of company hopping is lessening more and more generationally. Um, I think it's much more common now. But I think the sunk cost fallacy fallacy factors in here a lot too where, you know, Anna could have said, well, I spent all that money on this grad school and so now I like need to do this thing or I like mm-hmm. need to continue this grad school or I need to go into this field because I spent all that money. It's like that money's gone no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. So, T- don't throw good money after bad, you know.
1: Yeah, totally. No, there were a couple of, there there are always people who like drop out one hell of law school. And yeah, um, as they totally. fucking should. If that yeah, like 100%, if that does not if that is not the thing, stop spending your money on it.
2: Yeah. And it kind of ties tangentially into a couple questions we got of people asking how to quit a job that they started recently and they realized isn't for them, whether because they realize it's not the industry or the job for them or because they just hate it, like the company itself. And a lot of people, I think, are worried about like letting that company down. That company would not be worried about letting you down, let me tell you that.
1: Literally exactly what I was going to say. Like. Oh, my friend's husband had a lot of trouble switching companies recently, and she and I were just trying to like beat into him. This is professional, not personal. And if they yeah. ever had to downsize, they wouldn't think twice.
2: Well, I was I was just about to say like we saw we've seen what happens time and time again when the economy goes through a recession or like when the pandemic hit like and. It makes sense i'm not blaming companies for doing this because you you need income in order to pay people yeah if you don't have income you can't pay the people like i get it but they lay people off when they can't pay them anymore Mm -hmm. that's what happens they're not going to keep you on when they have no money to pay you yeah so yeah i release release that guilt yes exactly also there's cost going into you as an employee every day that is more and more and more. So I actually would rather an employee quit after a month than six months to a year if they Mm. are going to quit. Like if it is a given that this employee hates working, I was going to say hates working for me, but that's not really the question. If it is a given that this employee does not like this job and is going to quit, I would rather they quit immediately than spend literal money, whether that's like, resources or time or whatever, training somebody only to have to redo it because they leave. Yep. Like, and that's not to make you feel guilty about leaving after six months or a year either, but it's just to say that, like, it's not bad. It's not worse to leave after a short amount of time than longer. Agreed. I would just think about your –
1: the story that you tell in interviews.
2: Yes. Definitely. I would have
1: that locked down.
2: Yeah, which could very easily be, you know what, I I thought I really wanted to do this thing. And when I got into the job and, and realized what it meant on a day-to-day basis, I realized it wasn't for me and I want to find something that is. And I think that this company, insert company I'm interviewing for here, is that thing. Yep. Perfect. And so
1: also, staying related to this, how do you know that it's time to quit?
2: Oof. I dealt with this a lot in a previous job that I had. Way before I did. Uh, (laughs) If you find yourself feeling the way that Allie felt, it is too late. You should have quit already.
0: Um, Go back. Yeah. Please go back.
2: Go back before it's too late for you. Um, It's so contextual. But, like, if you are finding yourself – if you are consumed by these thoughts, it's probably time. That's true. And I am a relatively risk-averse person in this sense where, except for one time, I have I have not, and there was like some unique circumstances surrounding it, but like typically speaking, I have not left a job without having another one lined up. Right. And I don't think I will again. I did it once um, and I don't regret that, but I don't think I will again. Yeah. And- so for me, I think like knowing when it's time to quit is also like, have I explored what the other options might look like and really like thought about what about these other options is better than what I'm doing now and like why do I want that other option versus what I'm doing now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no, beyond just it. money. Like money could be a, a factor, but like, you know, hopefully there's other reasons too. Totally. Yeah. Um, how do you overcome imposter syndrome?
1: I, I actually, so gosh, um, I kind of want to look up the, here, I'm going to do it on this computer so I can use my mouse. Um. Like the exact definition? No, no, no. I want to look up, there's a great like Mindy Kaling quote about confidence on the job. Oh. Um, somebody asked her, I think, at a panel, um, like a girl went to the microphone and asked her about it. And I really liked her answer. Okay. People talk about confidence without ever bringing up hard work, and that's a mistake. I know I sound like some dour old spinster on Downton Abbey who has never felt a man's touch and whose heart has turned to stone, (laughs) but I don't understand how you could have self-confidence if you don't do the work. And I really like that because I think the way to overcome it is just to start doing shit. And you will create a positive feedback loop of... Oh, I started it. Oh, I did it. Oh, I feel better. I like I did the thing. I'm confident that I can do the next thing. And like it's like a snail shell where it's like the spiral gets bigger, right? Because every time you try something new and like sure you might fail, but the only way to not be an imposter is to be somebody who does the shit. And so I think that like you can always you can keep that like instead of expanding you can stay really narrow and keep telling yourself that you're an imposter by not doing things right where mm-hmm. if you're not putting yourself out there if you're not trying the thing then you will always feel like an imposter because you haven't done anything yet and like i i have worked for somebody that was very difficult to work with and made me not feel good about myself or my work I had to take the stance that everyone else I do work for has positive – like always there's stuff to work on, but they generally have positive stuff to say. Yep. Then at the end of the day, I believe in my work and the way to solve my problem with this one manager is not to hide Like I have to keep, you know, like a lot of emails go out, they're kind of like group emails, like who can take this? And I just made the decision that I was not going to hide from those, that I was still going to put my work product forward because uh, I I would rather her have the narrative of like, oh, she made a mistake, but then she worked really hard to fix it. Or then she worked really hard on this other stuff to make up for it. And... She's not somebody where, like, you literally couldn't win. It was just hard to work with her. And so I just took a position where I was going to keep putting my stuff forward to her. And it helped our relationship, honestly.
2: That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I think doing the thing is such good advice. Um, And also I think that regular feedback that I mentioned earlier can help here too Where you mentioned how like other people have really good things to say, like people are finding value in my work. You can get that through feedback and also get the opportunities that you have to work on. But like if you're getting that regular feedback, and you know, not all of it's going to be good, so you got to be prepared for that, but like I think that can help you to know that if this company thought that I was not providing value, they would not employ me. Correct. Very correct. And you know,
1: I sometimes worry that people are being like this. I think is probably adjacent to imposter syndrome. I sometimes worry that people are being like too nice in their feedback.
2: Yeah, and because people are worried that like you can't take it, like that's what or your, that's what you're... yeah, maybe or like they're just tr- you know trying to be positive. Where
1: for ex- and this is so like this is common. This is the way it goes. Like you send a partner a draft of a brief, they send it back in a red line it has a shit ton of edits. And so like I that happened to me this weekend and it is incredibly normal and the partner like in the email was like this looks really good like here's some suggestions and some comments whatever and of course I opened it up and I'm like it is bleeding it does not look good you liar and but like the raw material was there right like i needed to submit something to him to edit from and so like I just have a hard time internalizing. I'm like, it's okay. You can tell me I suck.
2: Yeah. I I have had that issue in giving feedback where I will start an email with like, this is so great. Thank you. Like, I just have a couple questions and then I'll realize that I've written like 15 questions. Yeah. But I really did mean that it was great.
1: Yeah. Yes, totally. I, and I do believe that. It's just that like, I'm like, don't worry. Like I can handle critical. Fe- I actually thrive on negative feedback, which is like probably fucked up. But oh, interesting. Um, yeah, I think it's like very much a sports thing where my horseback riding trainer was like very mean. Oh. And so
2: like that is my like relationship to feedback. I have always shut down with negative feed. Not negative, but I've always shut
1: down with like mean. This is a perfect example.
2: Yeah. Like well, – Okay, mean is mean is hard. I get or, like, or t- like tough. Yeah, tough. I've always shut down with tough. Okay. Like – and I don't play well when I'm angry. I've mm-hmm. never played well when I'm angry. Yeah. So, yeah, that there was a coach I had in high school that was really tough, a volleyball coach, and I would get, like, angry at him and then play terribly, which made things worse, obviously. Yeah.
1: There are a couple questions about being um, one of few women mm. on a team. So I feel like that would be probably a
2: good place to end. Yeah, and a, a better place for you probably to pipe in because I have almost always been In the majority, in that sense, in retail. Oh, fair point. Yeah,
1: yeah, fair point. Um, it's funny. I actually do notice. I, um, I do notice when, and I feel like I do. Like, I hate to say it. I feel like men do this more than women. Where somebody who is in the room, who's in the position of power, will say something, and Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden there's an echo, and Mm -hmm. I'm like. Uh, He just said that. Like, do do we need to say it again? Like, we got it. Like, anyway. um, Yeah, so the direct question was, like, how to assert yourself when you're, you know, the only woman in the room, um, how to get yourself going in kind of, like, male-dominated environments. And um, I think this is another, you know, kind of reiterating things we already said. Number one, identify the other few females. Mm -hmm. Because odds are you're not the true only one. Um, I would say find another woman in the, in the office and you get to know them as a mentor. Um, you know, when I, was, when I was going through my recruiting process at law firms, I always asked to speak to a woman who had a, par- a female partner who had a family. And because I wanted to know like what that experiences experience was like, and um, how they navigated that as compared to male partners with families, like stuff like that. Yeah. And so I would say find a female mentor that you get along with and that you respect and could aid you in this. And then also I have to say, like I, I've I'm on like a I'm on a lot of teams that are. Most of my teams are at least fifty percent women, which is awesome. Mm, that's and great. yeah. Um, however, th- there was one team that was all women, and like three of them then had babies within like a week of each other, and it was like really not ideal for staffing. <laughs>
2: Welcome to anyway. fashion, baby.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I bet you feel that all the time. Um, <laughs> but um, and then so yeah. So like I would say mentorship, and then also scale scale your way up. To being more and more assertive. And maybe it feels safer. Like, really, maybe there's a meeting coming up. Really educate yourself on one of the topics in the meeting so that you can feel super confident piping in there. And because, you know, as they say, like, men will say things with, like, absolutely no basis all the time. Just all the, you know, no facts, just vibes. And <laughs> women tend to
2: feel safer, you know, doing double the work to then finally fucking say something. Yeah. And then to say something like, "I feel like maybe," yeah, yeah, exactly. Like just an idea, but yeah, <laughs> a really
1: fucking good there, one.
2: There, I have I have worked with many people, all women, in the past who would literally say things like, "This might be a stupid idea," but like, yeah. And so I have heard it so many times; it is not uncommon. Yeah, how many times I've heard things like that. There is no need to undermine yourself. Totally. Like you are now undermining yourself to the other people. You are priming them to think that what you're about to say is a stupid idea. Yeah, definitely. Or like people will I'm, – I'm quoting people right now. People will say, feel free to ignore me, but no. I, I have totally said that. You can't feel free to ignore me. Do not ignore me. I'm in this meeting for a reason. Yeah. So – and I have started saying in return like – When they say like this might be a stupid idea, but I'll be like, you don't have stupid ideas. Oh, that's so nice. Or like, feel free to ignore me. Be like, I would never ignore you. Oh, that's really sweet. I love that. Uh, And one person has stopped doing it. I'm actually really proud that one person has stopped doing it. I've never, I've never directly said stop doing that, but they've stopped.
1: Yeah. No, I, I I do need, I do do that sometimes. In part because I feel so new.
2: Yeah, and that, and so that
1: from that perspective. Yeah, but I need to find a better way to do it. Yeah. So. I, I often say, I, actually, the way I phrase it tends to be, like, I don't have all the background, but here's a suggestion.
2: Or something like that. Uh, great. Great. Okay, that's better. I like that. I mean, that's <laughs> you're not undermining your intelligence. You're not saying, like, I don't deserve to be in this room right now. True. You're just acknowledging, like, you know, I am new. Yeah. Um, And I think saying it as – Saying things is – say more statements and less questions. Love that. That's great advice. It, uh, because I think that, that the, the question thing can often lead to, you know, undermining other people's confidence in you. Yeah. They say that a lot about, obviously,
1: upspeak, mm-hmm. which is yeah. – I'm not, you know,
2: not a fan of policing women's voices. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> but, but if you are looking for ways to sound more confident working on upspeak, could be helpful yeah totally. um yeah well this was another fun one yeah great i hope it's as valuable i hope so too and now next I'm up taxes go... yeah <laughs> well it's funny you say that because we do yeah. have a series about finances and dating coming up yeah no i i, I know that's why i was like sort but of partially joking. We, <laughs> we we shan't be getting into tax law do not worry thank god i know nothing yeah don't i no, cannot give legal law. advice All right, I am going to go
1: to bed. Yeah, enjoy. Have a great night. Thanks. Thanks.